to the Rockman Show. It's time for Rockman to give his opinions, his views, and his thoughts on life and rock. So grab a beer, buckle in, and get ready to rock. You know who, the one I've been talking about the last few shows. Uh, and uh, I don't know, man. Uh, what do you think about giving love a third try with someone? When it had worked out twice, this third time the real charm, you know? I don't know. I'm uh, really happy, a little nervous, but uh, I'm going to roll the dice with this one. I think I'm going to be happy. You're going to hear a happy rag band. A ragman that's not sitting here crying over beer and saying, Oh, it's me, get your violins. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I'm a fucking mess. You know that? Everybody out there, you know I'm a fucking mess. And I am. But, hey, it is what it is. This is the life I've chosen, and this is the life I choose to live. That didn't make any fucking sense, did it? Welcome to... Your boy's show, The Ragman Show. Uh, I started the show with a band I really dig. I've seen them a couple of times live. They're called Holding Absence, and that song was Beyond Belief. Uh, really, really cool band. I fucking love that song. It's one of, the, one of those songs you can just hit repeat, 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 and just keep listening to. Um, I wish... I, I, I don't know. I, I still... I bitch about the Spotify thing. I, the, the Metal Munchkin has still never fucking updated the account to where I can get it without commercials uh, and I can actually replay a song. So if it comes on my Spotify, I got to wait till the next rotation, which could be days. So 
I don't know. Maybe I'll just listen to the little piece I put into this show and just listen to me again. Let's repeat me. How fun is that? How many of you people out there repeat a show, a podcast, uh, like, you know, me or I know everybody loves Joe Rogan. I've never heard him on podcasting, but apparently he's got a huge following. A lot of people dig him. He's got a lot of cool things to say. He's uh, actually making money off his podcast. I don't make shit. <laughs> I just do this in the basement of my house. Oh, it's not really a basement. It's like a, a floor of some sort. But um, anyway, I uh, wanted to just talk about some weird shit I saw this week. Before we get into a really cool show, uh, I've got my first our, this is my second guest, but the first musician of the Ragman show, and it's only fiddling that biddingly that I brought this guy in, Mr. Tracy G. So you'll be hearing Mr. G here in a few minutes, but uh, I wanted to get on and talk some shit for a minute. So anyway, uh, how many of you out there like go to the gym? And if you go to the gym, do you mind your own business or do you fraternize? So... I'm one of the guys that minds my own business. I get in there, I do my routine, uh, do my uh, like treadmill thing, and then I do my weights. And I got like three routines I do daily. And then it, every third, fourth day, it fucking repeats, whatever. But uh, the, the cast of characters that go to the gym are very interesting. Uh, there's the people that are doing the weights, and they'll do a set of weights, and then they pace. They get up from the bench or whatever they're doing, and pace. What do they? Why do you have to pace after you do a set of weights? Is it like showboating? Like, fuck, I lifted forty pounds. Look at me. Or are you that tired? Maybe you shouldn't be at the gym. I don't know. It confuses me because I get on there, I do my reps, and get the fuck off the machine. Because I get pissed off at the people. They get on there and start fucking around their phone for fucking 20, 30 minutes, where I can't use the machine for the five minutes or less that I need it. Why do people fucking do that? It's so fucking annoying. It, it bothers me. It bothers me to death. But, uh, you know, the other one is I call him the grazer. This guy, I don't think I ever see him lift weights at all. He just goes around and talks to people the whole time. I was like, I guess it's his social hour or something. I mean, every once in a while he'll do a weight or so, but he's got the towel. He's got the whole get up. But he's just looking for people to talk to. He looks at me, I fucking look the other way, and I run. Or walk fast. It's just like, dude, I don't need to be in a conversation with you. I don't even know who you are. Uh, and I get it. You're, you're here to talk. You're, uh, work out your mouth and not work out your, your body. So, I don't know. And then, the newest one. And I, I actually noticed this when I was running. Uh, uh, shit couple years ago when I was doing the park thing during the pandemic when I was going through my shitty divorce it was my only solitude to get the fuck out of the house uh, I call it the crier and it's people that when they run or exercise they have a face like they're about to fucking start crying and I'm like what is wrong with you why, why are you crying don't walk take it easy uh, I saw this old guy on the uh, one of those little bike things, and he's sitting there on the machine, fucking crying. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Hey, man, it's your pain. Well, if he was in pain, why would he be on the fucking machine? 
Titus sick about you. that guy so what and fucking it's one of those bands it was so funny i my buddy and i he's like dude you gotta check this band out and they were coming on a little bit late later than this act this guy titus and i don't know if he's like madonna or one thing he's got the one name so he's got a whole band but it's pop punkish as you heard um and i'm gonna play a song that, not today but soon he does with kellen quinn from uh, screaming like sirens Fucking cool, cool, cool fucking song. Um, but no, it's just one of those bands. Is, I, I went and saw him, and I, I checked out his whole catalog. I'm like, dude, come to Houston. Please play here. I want to see the full set because I only saw the half set. So I don't know how many of you guys out there, you go to a festival and you find that artist. There's nothing cooler than discovering a new artist, especially at these festivals. So What was so great for that last year. I uh, believe they're going to be doing it again. This year, they did a little put, put a little teaser up on Instagram. I'm concerned because the music was like Miley Cyrus, and the festival was more of a metal festival. So I saw I Prevail and uh, a lot of those bands like that, the heavier bands, Under Oath. I think I've been through that whole gamut of bands that I saw, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I want Titus to come to Houston. All right, I've been yammering on enough. This guy about to come on is a friend, and uh, let's uh, play one of his tunes and get on with the show. All right, guys, rock on, and I will catch you next week. Cheers. Oh, not cheers. Oh,
Alright guys, now I have a very good friend of mine, guest, whatever you want to call him. But he is so fucking awesome. He writes all my music, uh, all the music for the Genghis Ragman show. Uh, and just a phenomenal fucking guitar player. And I can call him my friend, Mr. Tracy G. Tracy, what's up, brother? It's been a while, my friend. Uh, there's a lot that has happened. I Dude, I didn't even look to see the last time we chatted. I mean, we chat, but, you know, like, on the show. Um, yeah. And like I was telling you, man, it's the Ragman show now. Genghis is uh, on hiatus. Uh, I think he's in a uh, prison somewhere in Romania. But uh, no one knows his real whereabouts at this uh. at this point in time. So, <laughs> but... Uh, okay. Dude, I, I want to say um, we were gonna do we were gonna chat um, when you did the Blue Dahlia with uh, Shortino. So yeah, yeah. why don't we start you know with that and kind of talk about that? I mean, I feel somewhat responsible for that, uh, but you guys made the music and made a really really good record. So well, I wouldn't have met him, you know. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have met him if it wasn't for you. So, you know, I, I, I still, um, <clears throat> I still never met him, but I mean, in person, I've, my relationship with him is just on the phone mm -hmm. and it, it got, you know, decent enough where I sent him music and he wrote to it and we liked it and then ended up doing a whole record together and he did all the vocals in Las Vegas and I did all the music here in my studio. And so I never met him, you know, in person, but, uh, maybe someday I will meet him. And, uh, you know, that's how that, that happened. And, and so we did an album and called it Blue Dahlia. It was the name of the project. And, uh, he had this friend, um, named Lance and he, he has a label trying to think of the name of the label um dd ddr i believe ddr records or something like that anyway um and then he put it out lance put it out on that label and uh it's been out since last year i guess yeah when you so you wrote the first song you sent it to, sent it to paul he dug it and then you started writing more um Kind of what style did you think of? Did you... I want to say that it kind of sounds like the Quiet Riot era of... of with Paul Shortino. Some of the songs, like uh, We Will Rise. Do you have the CD? Yeah. Yeah, I bought it from DDR. It's really good, man. Yeah, I mean... Um... At bass... If I'm writing... If I'm writing an instrumental CD, there's really... There's no... It's, it's, it's like anything goes, you know, any style, anything I feel like it, it's instrumental, there's no vocals, I just, I kind of go crazy, and uh, I love that, but when I'm writing an album with a singer, I, I, the singer tends to dic dictate, you know, what, what style I kind of write in a little bit, because of his voice, you know. Yeah, and um, Paul Sortino to me was a classic rock blues-based singer. To me, that's that's what he is. And so, 
I, I try to I try to make the stuff a little bit like that, you know, like a little bit plus plus me and Randy Randy Oviedo is the bass player. We, we kind of work on everything together, and uh, he's got this friend named Billy. Um, I think it was last name right now. Sorry, but Billy and I'm uh, keyboard player. See. And I never really did an album with a keyboard player, um, off and on, but not 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 on, you know, most of the songs. And uh, that right there, you know, with the Hammond organ thing or whatever, would kind of give it like a modern day Deep Purple, maybe, ish. You know? Yeah, I get that. Um, you know, meaning with that keyboard in there a little bit. So I went for like you know just that, like a classic rock because of Paul and 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 uh I wouldn't call it heavy metal but it's pretty heavy yeah but but blues rock you know and you got that keyboard in there too see so um that's what I kind of for you know right right for so to speak you know the because I was gonna have a keyboard player and as that Paul Sortino, that to me gives it like a modern day deep purple-ish kind of thing, you know, if that makes sense. what they were to that record was a lot more bluesy. I want to say... Yeah, again, sorry, but I didn't mean to cut you off. No. It's because of the voice, see? Yeah. His voice is a little bit um, um, bluesier than maybe Kevin DeBrose, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, that last record that Quiet Riot did before DeBrose passed away... Uh, was a pretty bluesy record. <laughs> it's kind of interesting oh, yeah. how that had happened. A different guitar player wasn't Carlos. Uh, yeah, right. That other guy. Yeah. Alex. Alex yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, okay. that was a cool record. So you were sending songs, and I guess Paul wrote all the lyrics, or did you do any of the lyrics, or did you just do all the music? No. no Paul did all 
the vocals, all the lyrics. You know, yeah. And uh, I just did the music with the help of Randy on the bass, yeah. And then Billy would come in and do the keyboards, and then uh, most of the songs, yeah. Uh, Chuck, the drummer, my friend, Chuck Castellanos on drums, and uh, Billy on the keyboard, and Randy Oviedo, and, and and me on the you know guitar. So we did the music, and then uh, you know I would send it to Paul, and he'd do the vocals, and uh, switch some things around the arrangement or whatever, and then uh, I mixed everything here in my home studio. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, and it came out really well. Did, was there a song on there that was like your favorite that y'all were you like, fuck, I'm really proud of this, the way it came out? Oh, yeah. It's, it's the blues one. It's the slow one. Oh, okay, okay. I think I know the one you're talking about. You know, Since I've Been Loving You by Zeppelin, kind of like a, that kind of song. Was it uh, Never Trouble Trouble? No, that one's called Trouble, yeah. That one's uh, the first one we wrote, actually, that song. Um, anyway, it's like a sense I've been loving you. Oh, okay. It, it really stands out because Paul's singing in it. That's what he's That's what he's made for is a song like that. Yeah. To me, yeah. Yeah, he, his voice is so, so uh, bluesy, like you said. And uh, it just fits so well with anything like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a matter of it fitting. And he fits with everything, but really with that one a lot, a lot, a lot. In particular, I mean, that one's to me, stands out. Randy really likes it a lot, too. And uh, Paul really likes it a lot, too. So you do the CD, it's out. What what happens from there? I. Was there ever any talk of trying to do something live or do something else together or? Kind of, but in my personal life, like we were talking earlier, there was so much going on right there. That's that's right around the time when my, my dad was getting pretty sick. Oh, I got you. So, so it just, I couldn't really do anything else. I mean, I couldn't really plan on doing gigs too much because I just had all this other stuff to take care of, you know. So, um, there was never any, any, any gigs, and uh, we wanted to do a gig, and we wanted to meet, because again, I even wanted to go to Vegas just to meet Paul. I hadn't ever met him. Yes. And, and still I never met him. So, you know, you never know in the future, maybe that will happen. You know? Yeah, it looks like that song's called Sunset Blue. So you had it. Yeah, Sunset Blue, Sunset Blues or whatever. That's the song. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, have you, I guess, like you said, I guess that's all on hiatus once things, I uh, guess, clear up on your end uh, in your personal life. Yeah. Maybe, whatever. would you reach yeah. out to him again and say, hey, dude, let's, you want to do something else or? Um, not yet about something else. I mean, I know he's, I see him on Facebook once in a while. He's traveling and doing a lot of things. He's got a 
He's a pretty busy guy. He's got a lot of things on his plate, you know, so yeah. he knows a lot of people and stuff, so he's got a lot of stuff going himself, so I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future. Gotcha, man. Well, what's next? I mean, what what did you do after Blue Dahlia? I know you uh, probably started working on some solo stuff. Um, yeah, I started working on a, a solo CD. I probably was working on it even at that time. Um, but it's just all instrumental, and uh, me and Randy work on it together again. And uh, Randy doesn't live too far from me, so comes over once in a while we work on stuff and uh, we're up to 10 songs on that one nice it will be called uh the hand of time and uh it'll be dedicated to my dad and i only got one more song to write for it i'm like halfway done with the last song i just gotta finish it and then um i probably put it out um, I talked to Lance about maybe put Lance might put it out on that label, but that I I might just put it out myself. I, I'm not sure yet. <clears throat> it's um, you heard the the title track. It's it's pretty it's pretty heavy. It's all pretty heavy. Yeah. To me, it's pretty heavy. And my dad, he always liked the heavier stuff I did anyway. Oh, really? Interesting. I never asked him that when I met him. <laughs> he was always really in, from World War Three to Dio, he was way into the, you know, heavy stuff. Oh, wow. Even though my dad loved, my dad loved Latin music and jazz and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But, um, <clears throat> he, he, he knew what I liked, uh, I kind of, um, expressed myself pretty good in the, the angry sounding stuff, you know? Yeah. So... <clears throat> The Hand of Time is filled with uh, heavy, heavy, heavy shit. Yeah. Why don't we play it? The Hand of Time is called, it's um, the title track. <laughs>
cool, dude. I, 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 I like it. It's uh, kind of slow, mid-tempo, heavy. Uh, it's a really good uh, soloing and stuff in there. Kind of almost a little bit of a darker vibe. Uh, but I like I like the darker side of your music, too, when it gets like really heavy and uh, some of the darker chords and stuff like that. That's the stuff that really gets me going. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that on this on this album. Oh, dude, I, I I'm ready. I'm ready. And I want to say you and Randy really have a good chemistry. Uh, I'm glad you guys you guys have been working together for a while now, and you guys really write really good music together. Yeah, I, I, I like it. He's he's really easy to hang out with and work with, and um, he's kind of like. My version of a Jimmy Bain on bass, because he he plays a lot like Jimmy Bain played, and, and what that means to me is like real, real simple, real steady, real good tone. He's not real busy on the bass. Um, he just lays it down, you know. He's not afraid to play one note mm-hmm. if that's all the if that's all the song requires, and hold down the, you know what the bass should be holding down. It's got a five string. We incorporate that a lot with, um, you know, our writing and the songs. It gives it a more modern, thicker sound in the recordings. And uh, so, you know, it, it he plays on some of my client stuff, a lot of my own stuff. Most of my own stuff, he plays on. A, he plays on all of it, and uh, I even have like this guy named John. John Rucker Kelly lives in Colorado. I do recordings for him, and then he flies over here and he does the vocals, and it's, it's for him, you know. And uh, but he heard Randy's bass play, so he he gets Randy to play on his songs too. Oh, nice! Because he just digs the way he plays too. So, um, yeah, it, it just, you know, it's not, it just works good. When you find someone that you can hang out with and you got that in common, the music stuff, it's, it's kind of cool. It doesn't happen all the time, you know. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. How long have you guys been playing together, man? Uh, 10 years, 12 years, something like that, yeah. Okay. I met him back in one of the versions of the Tracy G group, the drummer, Johnny, it was, he was his friend. He brought him in and we needed a bass player and he goes, let's try Randy. So he was perfect fit. Yeah. So ever since then, I don't know, it was 10 years ago or something. Sweet, man. Yeah, it's, fuck, dude, how long we known each other now? It's been a while, dude. Uh, we probably known each other about 15 years now. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Well, so we can expect that. You think uh, by you think it'd be done by you know summer, springish, or for the instrumental? Yeah. Yeah. One more months. Another month, maybe, maybe. Because I only got one more song to write for it, and then just got to do the other things for it. But I should be able to sell it put it out by like you know I don't know what are we January February you know March maybe you know yeah well cool so you have another project you're a busy man 
Um, it was previously called, I guess, Gale Force, but now Gale Force has changed. So uh, I know we talked at Gale Force. Yeah. It was mainly Paul. It's Paul Alfrey's project. Paul Alfrey's a good friend of mine. He's a guitar player. And he asked me one day, a couple of years ago, if I wanted to do a project. So it became, um, I brought Randy in to that too. We used a, a drum program from the computer for our drums. Um, if it wasn't for Paul, I wouldn't even know how to record anything. He taught me everything about Oh wow, awesome. Recording, and so I have the same kind of setup that he does, even though he knows how to use his a bit more than me. And uh, so he does the producing and the mixing for the for the Gale Force. He did all that. And then uh, a lot of the songs are written here. Um, some of them are written at Paul's house, you know, with Paul. Um, Paul writes some of the stuff. I, I write some of the. I wrote some of the stuff. You know, it's we we bounce stuff back and forth, and then and then and we sell. Oh, he always sent it to the singer, uh, Michael Lee, and, and for Gil Force. And then Mike did the singing over at his place, and then sent it back. So the Gil Force project is mostly like internet stuff. We do. You know, we're not in the same room at all. Mm-hmm. So that. That came out, and then uh, we decided to uh, go with a different singer next time. So we we tried out a bunch of singers, and we changed the name of the project to uh, now it's called um, Dark Mile. I dig that. That's cool. That's the name of the project now, and it's Randy, Paul, and me. And Mark, the singer's name is Mark Huff. We found this guy, Mark Huff, and we really dug his voice. And so um, Mark was in Quiet Riot for a couple of months after Kevin passed away. So he's basically, that that tells you what kind of voice he has. You know, he kind of sounds like Kevin DeBrow, you know, ish kind of voice and a good rock, rock sounding voice, so. We're up to seven songs now, and uh, got a few more to write. And 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 they, you know, we bounce ideas back and forth. Same, same same thing. We bounce ideas back and forth with our studios. Me and Paul, and Randy's on the bass, and then uh, Paul will do the mixing and everything over there. And then he gets a friend of his. Um, to master the whole thing. And uh, Paul does all the production, really. And he's pretty, we think he's pretty good at it, you know? And uh, um, I do all the solos, I do the rhythms. Paul does all the rhythms. Both of us do the rhythms. And then uh, I'll do the solos. And uh, Mark, you know, of course, does the vocals. We help him with the lyrics on this one, though. Hey. We, you know, we'll stand up stuff with lyrics mm-hmm. and with vocal lines. And Paul does uh, some of the uh, vocal parts. Sometimes I have an idea and of vocals and even some words. And, you know, so we share and all that shit, you know. Is this kind of the way you did it with Gale Force or did the dynamic change? 
kind of the same way, except for Gale Force, we didn't touch the lyrics. Michael Lee did all the lyrics and all the vocals in Gale Force, like Paul Sortino did. Yeah. In this one, in uh, Dark Mile, we help him with the vocals, but he's just got the voice we dig. Yeah. So he's got the voice, and then we we all just do our best to, you know, give him something cool to sing, you know? Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome, dude. Uh, and uh, you uh, sent me a track. I think you got a song that you can play. Yeah, this one's called He Said, She Said. Yeah, I remember that one. Not too many people heard it, but I really dug the song, and I could hear I could hear Mark singing that song. See, so we re-recorded it, and uh, and did some touch-ups on the vocals and stuff, and then let Mark sing it. We thought he sang the shit out of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> he does. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I, mean, I was. It's, it's a rock vocal song. You know, you, mm-hmm. it's just. It's nothing really new that, like, oh, wow, I never heard anything like that before. It's not that kind of song. It's just a good, I think it's a good rock and tune, you know, and we're trying to make all the songs kind of kind of like that, you know, yeah. And, again, you say that you write for the singer, so this, yeah. musically, this is going to differ from kind of what Gale Force was, right, a little bit? Um, probably, I mean, because... I don't know, we were trying to write for a Michael's voice in Force, of course, and now we we try to bring in songs, and whether they're old songs that we redo or new songs, and we, you know, you, you kind of got that singer's voice in mind, so it's like a Kevin Dubro rock, you know, Kevin Dubro had a really great oh, yeah. rock, rock voice, let's face it, he did, did. and um, like him or not like him, he did have a good rock voice. And um, we think Mark, Mark does too. So that's, that's we're just trying to give him tunes that maybe they're older tunes from, uh, you know, that I had that not too many people got to hear that I think Mark would just kick its ass. And, and a couple that we gave him, he has. He's done that. So, uh, or something new, uh, Paul writes. Or something new, me and Randy, right? You know, we, we again, we're thinking, we're thinking that even if we sing it ourselves, just to demo it and mess around with parts, we're like, yeah, but if Mark, when Mark sings it, you know, yeah, we, we always hear the singer, the singer's voice in your head, kind of, you know, yeah. Well, from from the uh, first song, I'm really jacked to hear the rest of the CD as well as your new instrumental CD, which is both of them sound like they're going to be done around the same time timeline. Yeah, I think my instrumental will be done first, and then Dark Mile because we still got three or four songs to go. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. You know, well, and, that- um, so I'm just busy doing all that kind of stuff. Plus, plus. <clears throat> I record other people that, you know, you know, from um, that send me stuff through the internet and they want solos or some of them come into my studio. Um, one interesting thing, because he's kind of known, is Mark, Mark Kendall from Great White. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I kind of grew up with Mark, so I mean, I, I know him pretty good. And when we were younger kids, he used to jam and stuff. And so, yeah, he. I don't know if you know what's going on with Great White a little bit. They, they, you know, go through a lot of singers, different singers. They got a new singer now. Uh, I don't know his name or anything. They had a guy named Mitch Malloy. Was is Mitch gone? What's that? They had a guy named Mitch Malloy, and he put out like a record. He was. See, I think he was the last guy they had. They don't have him anymore though. Oh, okay. And uh, he does sound really like Jack a lot to ah, me okay. when I heard him. Mm-hmm. When I heard him, I called Mark. I even said, dude, that guy sounds, you know, his, my opinion, you know, it's just uh, Great White's got like a, a fan base, obviously, and a lot of their older fan base, they probably would love to hear those older songs sung by Jack or someone who sounds close to Jack because Jack was their voice, you know. Mm-hmm. So this guy does. So anyway, Mark's 
Mark's coming over my house once in a while and he's demoing like new songs, you know, for this singer. So I'm recording Mark doing that. We've done three so far. So now he's got this new singer and he wants to bring bring him by and and put his voice on him. See, because I think the singer lives in uh, Alabama or something. Or, mm-hmm. But, you know, I forget. I might be wrong. But so he, he lives, you know, another state. And so uh, as soon as he gets him over here, he wants to bring him into my studio. And Mark doesn't live too far from me. He lives a little ways, but, you know, he's he lives in California over here at least. But anyway, so I, you know, I do that once in a while because it's fun because it's mark and uh we have a bunch of funny stories we talk about with each other and you know just stuff guitar stuff it's pretty cool and his new stuff's really good oh cool you know it's it, it you know it's it's he's a good he's a good guitar player and he's a good writer definitely so anyway i do that stuff like that couple other guys another guy from Colorado um, John Rucker he comes from Colorado he flies over here yeah and um, there's another guy named Jim Reyes he lives in Palm Springs area and he's doing like a Stevie Ray Vaughan blues album got like 20 songs with him oh damn yeah he wants to do a bunch more songs and uh, have enough for a couple CDs and he has his own group over there called the Bone Dumpers and they're from that area of the desert over there and um so you know we write on song we write songs together you know he'll have ideas and he does the vocals and i do i'm like his whole band i do the drums bass and the guitar oh wow for that awesome. for that project mm-hmm. you know and then he has a band that plays live out there but i do you know i do a couple projects with various people like this you know to try to keep myself busy in that area <clears throat> and just keep rocking you know that's all you can do yeah dude you stay fucking busy bro you do <laughs> hey uh i know i uh, i think i texted you and asked you about this i don't know if you've seen this yet but uh you did you ever see the dio documentary the new one dreamers never die or no you still not no i didn't I didn't go and see it. Um, don't really care to. I mean, I, you know, no disrespect to Ronnie, of course. I mean, Ronnie's Ronnie. It's great. But, you know, I heard from quite a few people that they, they, they just skipped my era. Pretty much. I think, Rowan, I think my era and Rowan Robertson's era. I'm not sure because I didn't see it, but. I heard that they just skipped the era altogether. Didn't even mention it. No, no. And, um, I think you're in it for like two seconds. They have just like a real quick flash of you playing guitar when they're just talking towards yeah, the end. I'm like, they say who it is no, no. I was fucking pissed to be honest. Yeah, and um, that's cool. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't, I don't care. I don't, it's something I did 30 years ago, and and uh, but the thing I. The thing that I don't really understand, because th- they're actually, there's fans of what I did with the band. You know that there's fans of that era, whether you like it or not. 
Oh, that album's so fucking phenomenal. And then I'm ripping me off. Like, I'm gone. I'm not in the band no more. I don't... I don't need them to say my name. But, I mean, the the fans are going... Hey, you know, what what happened to that dude? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And and, and I can't answer it. I don't... You'd have to talk to, uh, you know, the people who made the movie or whatever. I don't know. I don't really... I, I just think that's the bummer thing about what I hear about it you know so everybody says how great it is <clears throat> great 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 I'm sure it is great Ronnie was great I'm sure it is great to find out all these things about him and what he did and everything that's cool but he did do six years with me too which I'm not saying I'm great but there are some fans that love it there's some fans that don't love it but what about the are you trying to tell me everybody hates it? Yeah. And did everybody love the Craig Goldie era and some uh, of the other eras? No, I mean, Doug Aldridge was on one record and he's in it. And I'm like, where's Tracy? Where's Tracy? Yeah. And then well, fucking... You know, that, go ahead. Yeah, one year, one or two years with Ronnie and I got six years. Right. I got more I got more years with Ronnie than Tony Iommi or, or Richie Blackmore. But I mean, you know... I. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, that's the facts. That's not. I didn't make that up. Um. And yeah. And, and what what they're trying to put off is like, well, it's it was such a shitty era. I'm so shitty, and it was such a shitty. Those albums are so shit that we're not even gonna mention them. Really? Like there's there's I know people I know lots of people who don't think that. Yeah. So. Whatever, that's not, I don't, that's not my deal. I don't care. And when someone asks me, like, you just did, what do you think of it? Well, that's what I think of it. I don't hate it or dislike it. I didn't even see it. I'm not going to see it. I don't care to see it. So what? But, but, but there's fans out there that do see it. And there's people that do see it that went, that emailed me and texted me and said, where are you? And I go, you'd have to talk to someone else, see? <laughs> the producer or director or whatever. <clears throat> I mean, whatever. That The whole business and the whole, you know, all that stuff and why and where is it. Don't, I don't get any of that stuff. Like, I don't, you know. Do you go to this? Do you go to the premiere? What do you think of the hologram? What do you think, you know, all that. I don't know. I, I'm not... I don't go to movies. I don't go to... You know, whatever. I'm busy trying to live. Survive, right? Yeah, yeah. they could have done with a lot less fucking Eddie Trunk in there, too. God, I was just getting cringing oh, yeah. when that fuck yeah, came on. The musical knowledge guy or whatever, oh. okay? Oh. And there's, there's another guy that I've heard him say, Oh, that era... That era with, you know, Strange Highways, I, I, I don't like that era. I, I'm not into that era. So that, you know, maybe he had something to do with it. I don't know. I don't want to say that because I don't know that. I don't know what, but I do know what I know, what I've heard, you know. Yeah. Like Eddie Trunk, hey, man, yeah, Tracy, who's that? Yeah. You know, okay, that fucking, all right. Jeez. Whatever. He was probably too heavy for him. It doesn't matter. 
No telling that fucking guy. But yeah, 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 whatever. Everybody has a different opinion on him. I've heard yeah. a lot of people who don't care for him. Yeah. He thinks everybody cares for him and whatever. Not everybody cares for me. Not everybody cares for him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've talked to some guys offline that are like, and then they're like, that guy's a douchebag. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Yeah, well, you know, but he didn't, that doesn't bother him because he's, he's happening. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah, he's, okay. All right, we bashed him enough, I guess. <laughs> what? Well, hey, I do want to ask you, before we, before we go here, I, I just got your curiosity here, so. Guys, I've asked Tracy to uh, write a new theme for the Ragman show, and I sent him a song, and you listen to it, and you're like, well, I don't know what to make of this. So what do you think of, oh, what, I don't know if you remember listening to that song, but what do, you, what do you make of that new style of music? Uh, it's not really new, but I guess the newer generation of hard rock and metal-ish. What are, what are your thoughts on that kind of music? Is it something you dig or not so much? So the question is, what do I think of that style of music? Or yeah, yeah. So that song and then kind of that style of music. Um, it, It's cool. It's cool. I don't listen to it, though. I don't, I don't really, you know. So I didn't really, that's why I didn't really know what, do you want something... Did you want something like that, or... Uh, yeah, kind of like that, that vein, just whatever you could do and fuck it up the way you do. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I can try to do that. I mean, you know, I, I don't normally listen to that anything, anything much except for probably classic shit. Yeah. You know, Jeff Beck, I mean, come on. You know, that, that, I listen to that kind of shit, Primus, um... Weird fucked up shit, newer <laughs> stuff, you know. Um, and 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 the stuff you sent me, I don't really listen to that kind of stuff. But I'm sure live they're great. Um, I, you know, I'd have, I'd have to listen to it again. And it's been a while since I heard it. I did hear it though. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting for me, Tracy, being uh, just I grew up in the '80s and all that stuff with the dawn of you know metal as we know it and now the older i get i'm drawn to that newer music and if i want to see a band live i want to see these bands live rather than some of the older bands that just don't i guess perform as well the exception of the rule for me was scorpions they fucking still kick ass live but i've seen some other artists where i was like oh man i'm kind of bored and these guys have the energy they're younger and they're hungrier you know so yeah. that's why I think I've gravitated to that sort of music a bit more and it's just fun music a lot of it yeah no I get it I, I, I get it a lot of the obviously the older guys are they're burned out yeah yeah and then you see these younger guys like ripping so I, I get that yeah totally so did you go on a Jeff Beck binge after he passed here recently no I was just kind of sad because that was a Big old loss, you know. I mean, yeah. Like, Eddie Van Halen's bad enough. Losing losing a a guitar player that does what he does, did what he did, and then and then. But Jeff Beck is just even older than 
Eddie Van Halen, you know, and yeah. the legendary classic, I hit one note and everybody knows who I am. Yeah. Kind of guy. <laughs> Eddie was not much different. There's only a few of them, Hendrix, Eddie, that Jeff Beck, that did shit with a guitar that's like, just them. It's just them, totally them, and they don't even think about it, that that's just what they do. Or yeah. if the listeners got any ears at all, they'll go, that, that one note kind of sounds like, you know, they can, you could tell by it. Jeff Beck would hit one fucking note, and if you have any ears, you go, that's that sounds like that Jeff Beck guy. Like, that's huge. That's, to me, that's it. There's somebody else, they don't care, whatever, but a guy like me, for me, to hear, you know, you know, I hear Hendrix plays for a second, I could tell it's him, you know, like, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get that? How do you learn that? You know, how do you, where does that come from? That's just coming from your soul and from your fingers and from your hands, it doesn't matter all oh, your kind of equipment and guitar you have, it just comes out of your your soul you know yeah so I don't know yeah I was just kind of bummed out about Jeff same as you know, any any of those kind of guys you know it's like or Ronnie Dio you know same thing on the voice opens his mouth and you know exactly who it is right I mean see that's that's why he was so giant I don't know if people understand that but really that's what it is to me he'd open his mouth and you'd know you know just like many other singers many other singers and many singers don't have that that many singers don't have that and they're just kind of average singers good but just kind of average and then you got those guys that just bond scott you know he opens his mouth and oh you know some people go <clears throat> i don't like it but I know who it is. Well, that's all. That's all that matters. You don't have to like it, right? You know, everybody has. Everybody likes what they want to like. But to, but to have that identity, to have that signature sound in your voice, the way you play drums, the way you play bass, whatever. If you could have a signature, and that's like, you're done. That's it. You did it. That's that's it. Yeah. To me, that, that that's like a, a sign your signature on your fucking check or something. That's you. Yeah. You know, that's what Jeff Beck. It all comes. That's what Jeff Beck had, and all these other guys had. Not everybody has that. Most people do not have that. They just they play or sing, and they're good. And you're like, whoa, that cool. You know, next. Sounds like a million other people. You know. Well, let me ask you this, dude. Uh, speaking of Beck. Do you have a song you want me to throw in here so people can get a feel for Mr. Beck? Because we ended as lovers. Got it. Mm-hmm. 
And I know every time I'd ask you about influences and stuff like that, it was always Jeff Beck, Gary Moore, uh, yeah. those kind of guys. I can't help it. Yeah, he's even now. I say, well, I keep watching videos of him. You know, everybody's playing videos of him, and I'm like, it's ridiculous. And so a lot of people get it. You know, you see their comments now, especially other guitarists. They write what I what I want to say or what I want to write. They already write it. Cause they, they get it. They're writing what I'm saying. Now he <clears throat> plays with one note. He can hit one note, and he, it's just—it's just the way he—it's his phrasing and the way he speaks with the guitar. And same thing like like what Eddie had. He, the way he spoke with the guitar—it's like—it's like he was actually opening his mouth. But it's, he's doing it with the guitar, you know. I mean, it's like that's. So, for me, anything you can do on an instrument that makes it, any sound, you could make. With an instrument, good or bad, I don't care if you drop it on the ground and it makes a certain sound, and you're known for that. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. I don't care if it's technical or you know. There are all kinds of um, notes and a billion notes and whatever. That's all cool. That's all cool. We all love that. But I mean, whatever. If you could do a billion notes and someone just goes, oh, hey, that's Inve. That's huge. Because he, he does it big time, you know, and he does it very well. And that's his signature, you know, is a lot of notes played in a certain scale with a certain sound and that's him that's Ingve that's that's big man to be able to you know that was always my goal to just have people hear hear me play from around the corner and go oh, I could tell that's Tracy you know that, that that if I ever heard that that would be the hugest compliment to me you know? yeah well I mean you yeah. do definitely have your own sound dude and the, the the sounds that you make come out of the guitar it's it's definitely you, and you know it's yeah, you. I mean, for the guys that know who you are. I appreciate that. that that's, that makes, a, that just makes me feel like it, it wasn't all wasted time. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't all in, it wasn't all in vain, you know? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not just trying to be cool, just, oh, I'm just trying to be a rock star or whatever, and then trying to just say, this is my signature, and this is what, this is what, for whatever reason, I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say, I don't really know what it is, but at least you know who it is. <laughs> yeah. You and Frankenstein, right? So, huh? you and your Frankenstein pedal board. Yeah. I got a new pedal board, by the way. Yeah. Oh, did you? Shit, man. I need yeah. to come see you. Hmm? I said, I need to come up there and see you, my friend. Yeah. I need to, I need to make a video of it and demonstrate it because it's, it's just a little bit more put together than my my Eddie Van Halen um, influenced P 
piece of plywood would duct tape my whole life. You know, I got that from Eddie, seeing him play. That's all he had in the beginning. So look what he did with it. So I'm like, I want to do that too, you know. Did, didn't I just had that pedal board I had, which Ronnie gave it that title, Igor. Yeah. And um, okay, I had that my whole life basically, but just two years ago, a year ago, maybe two years ago, I ran into Michael. Michael Lacerna from uh, Lacerno, I think his last name is, um, from the company Crunch. They make amps, he makes amps and heads and cabinets and stuff. I went over to his house and I keep, long story short, he made me the, the new pedal board that just is a little bit more wired, wired a little bit more professionally. And he added an effect on it that I couldn't fit on my, on Igor. And, so now I have a modern day Igor, but um, it's got all my sounds on it, and then some. So it's, it's pretty cool. Nice. Didn't you tell me one time that Ronnie gave you shit for that and said you ain't taking it on stage with me or something like that? Or am I remember? It's didn't didn't Ronnie give you shit like you you're actually gonna take that on stage with me? And you're like, yep. Yeah, you're, you're, the phone's cutting out now. Uh oh, can you hear me now? Okay, uh, did Ronnie, didn't Ronnie give you shit about the board, about trying to bring that on stage with him because it was so ugly? You're like, nope, it's the way I got to play or something like that? He, he did. I'm sorry. He really never did, but his his helper did. Oh, his helper did. His helper said, hey, Ronnie's not going to let you take that on the road. It's like, not, it's not going to work. It's a piece of junk and stuff like that. <laughs> and, I, and I said, and then when the day comes and he tells me that, I have to find somebody else to play guitar for him. But Ronnie never, Ronnie, you know, made jokes about it and stuff and gave it its name. But he never told me I couldn't use it. You know, um, it's what helped me get the sound that I was getting for his band, you know. And um, it's funny, I just heard an interview the other day, Eddie Van Halen was talking about the same thing back in 1979. Mark Kendall sent it to me. And it's like an interview of Eddie Van Halen and he's like, yeah, my pedal board is a piece of junk, plywood, duct tape. And when I went on those big tours, everybody was making fun of me, laughing at it. And then after a couple of nights and they heard the thing, they heard my sound, they were like, how do you get that fucking sound? <laughs> <laughs> Eddie was saying, um, not to sound all egoed out, Eddie said, but it's, you know, it comes out of your fingers, your hands, your body. It has something to do with the guy playing. And it's not just, he sounds like that because he's got that pedal board. He sounds like that because he's got those marshals. He sounds like that because he made his own guitar. Well, that's just all part of it, you know. Yeah. Sorry, some dipshit decided to... Some dumbass decided to start using his uh, fucking weed eater right by my studio here, so. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, well. <laughs> well, Tracy, before we let you go, my friend, is there anything you want to tell the fans out there, dude? Stay healthy. Um, keep rocking. Thanks for the support. Some of you buy my music. It's pretty cool. I appreciate it. Thanks. Keep rocking. Well, Tracy, want to thank you for coming on the Ragman Show. Always good catching up with you, my friend. And guys, make sure to go to TracyG.com 
and pick up his stuff. He's got lots of great music up there, man. So check him out on Instagram, Facebook. Thanks, Alan. He's a man. Yeah!